0: So my name is Carlos Diaz. I'm uh, 40 years old. I was born and raised here in Anchorage, Alaska, Um, and I'm an Alaskan at heart. Um, But I've also went by a different name, and that name is 405114. That is the OPSIS number that was given to me by the Department of Corrections um, after receiving my first DUI conviction. And I say first because in the years to come, I receive two more, which is why I stand here as a felon tonight. Um, so with that being said, my story, it, it revolves around a prison guard and myself, me having the courage to ask for help. And when I say it wasn't an easy thing to do, believe me, it was not an easy thing to do. Um, so some years back, after receiving uh, my first and my second DUI conviction, um, I wasn't only battling with alcohol. I had a really, really bad substance use disorder. And what that meant was that driving went hand in hand with whatever I had to do to continue to fuel my addiction. And uh, what that also meant was that nothing was going to stop me, right? Until I either killed myself or I harmed somebody else or possibly took the life of another. Um, But fortunately enough, that all came to a stop when my vehicle and I were both stopped by a gas station wall. Um, thank God nobody was hurt, right? And though I, was, uh, I wasn't consciously responsive, I still managed to put the vehicle in park. And I, I went to sleep, right? I went to sleep like I was in my own house in my own bed and until I was woken by six or seven different people. Funny story, they were all wearing the same type of clothing and badges, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I guess they don't like it when you just park somewhere and sleep like that, especially on top of an ice machine. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it feels good that I can look back on this now, right? But it's taken a lot of work. Um, so anyways, due to my prior convictions, I was immediately remanded to the Anchorage jail, and I was also told that I would not be receiving bail, right? Which meant that they would dress me out in, in their inmates' clothing, and they would take me upstairs and i would live with the rest of the inmates without any clue on what it would take for me to get home right so again things got really real but prior to them taking me upstairs they wanted me to sober up so they put me in a uh, a holding cell and this holding cell revolves around this story because i'll never forget this right and this is the part of the story that i've, I've been able to share my story with a lot of people right because of the things that I'm, I'm fortunate enough to do today. But this part of the story I've never shared, and it's the part that I'd like to share with you guys tonight. Um, while I was in this, in this holding cell, and I'll, I'll never forget it, because it was cold, and they had me sitting on this cement block, right? And uh, the, the one thing that for some reason really traumatized me while I was in that, that cell was the sound of the ventilation. Right, And I know, I'm sure you guys have heard a lot of prison stories, but that sound, just it never went away. Even today when I go into the hospital, it's almost the same sound and the staleness of it. It, it really left some sort of, of, of bad, traumatized memory there. right? Um, but that's not the part of the story I want to get to. The part is, after about 45 minutes of being in this cell, I heard a guard come to the door. So I was thinking, that's it. It's real now. I'm going upstairs. Right. I'm going to have to do my time. Well, to my surprise, this guard opened the door. He came in, and he sat down next to me, and he asked me, could he have a word with me? Mind you, I'm still inebriated, right? And I had been up for three or four days um, using nonstop, but I still agreed to speak with him, having no idea what he wanted to talk about. So that quick word he wanted to have with me ended up lasting about 45 minutes to an hour of him doing what I would call, reaching out. This guard took the time to explain to me that for people like myself, there was help out there. Help existed, right? And for the first time throughout this whole ordeal, though I was speaking to someone who wasn't in the same mind or state of mind that I was in, I wasn't alone, right? And whatever he said to me in those 45 minutes, the amount of encouragement it made me really feel like I could have what everybody else had, right? But I will tell you this, as soon as the guard left the room, everything that he said to me was gone because that's all I've ever known in my life, right? Whatever comes in leaves as fast as it came. So I didn't, I didn't remember any of it. Um, so I went to court. When I was in court, um, there was a judge, there was a district attorney, there was people in suits, and I remember standing at a podium and them discussing me as if I wasn't even in the room, right? And I had no knowledge of what they were saying because I didn't understand the court terminology. And for some reason, my mind went back to that jail cell or to that holding cell. And I remember one thing that the guard said. He said, anybody, anybody can ask for bail, but it takes courage to ask for help. So I just shouted it out, Your Honor, I need help. He uh, he He responded. Right. Um, He told me I would have to be brave and I would have to stay in jail for a little while, but that he wouldn't forgive me. Little did I know that this was the judge that oversees the therapeutic courts here in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, About six months later, someone came to see me. Right. And I could go on and on and on about all the good things that happened. Right. And how it unfolded. But that's not my point of the story tonight. Um, My point of the story is today at this microphone, while I'm in this moment, I'm able to say thank you. Right. And I'm not saying thank you to the guard, because there's only one other person that knew about this. And that was my counselor. And my counselor had me reach out to the prison to show this guard that his time wasn't wasted. When we reached out to the prison, they have no, no, he doesn't exist, basically. Right. I gave them him them his name. I gave him the information. They knew when I was there but they have no recollection of this guard. So we reached out to the other prisons in the state of Alaska, same thing. And I don't know, some people may think it was just because of the influence, right, that I was under at the time, but for me it was very real, right? And my point of this whole story and standing up here tonight is to explain that all it takes is a little bit of energy, right, to give back to somebody else, to take that time to find the value in somebody, right, without expecting anything in return anything at all right and that's what makes this world a good place right the little bit that we can put in thank you guys for taking the time tonight let me be up here thanks, thanks.